Hi everyone, it's Sandy Cruz from Sandy K Nutrition, health and lifestyle queen. And I'm here to show you that balanced living works. This is especially for all you ladies over 40. We will cover a range of exciting topics with many special guests and I really look forward to this season. Bye for now. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 28 of Sandy K Nutrition Health and Lifestyle Queen. And today I have with me a very special guest and we're going to talk all about gut health. It seems to be the phrase of, I don't know, the last few years, everybody's talking about gut health, but really what does it all mean? So today I have with me Reed Davis. He is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. He's a board-certified holistic health practitioner, a certified nutritional therapist. He's an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. He is the guy, people, that we want to listen to for some advice on gut health. And he has so many credentials here um, that those are just a few. So, welcome, Reed. Well, thanks so much, Sandy. It's really good to be here with you. I'm very excited to have you here because I think a lot of my listeners really want to dig deep on what does gut health mean. You know, we all talk about it. It's so huge in holistic health. And so, you know, let's just start with a very basic question. Like, why is gut health so important to our overall health? Well, that's a good question, and there's a number of reasons. Uh, for one, nutrition. You know, without good, quote-unquote, gut health, you won't be breaking down and absorbing food properly, so you won't get the nutrients you need. You know, for, for we're made out of food, so you have to eat, and out of that you get your vitamins, your minerals, your essential fatty acids, your antioxidants, uh, once your body doesn't make, you get your amino acids and uh, phytonutrients and trace elements and things. So you have to have good, again, I have to say quote unquote, because gut health means a lot of things to a lot of people. And there is a lot of, of uh, you know, metabolic processes ongoing there. Um, so that's one thing I, I would say, you know, digestion and assimilation of food is part of gut health. And it's really critical. And so another huge part would be the immune system. Obviously, you heard it said that you're, you know, 80% of your immune system's in the gut. And so you have to be able to take food down and break it up and absorb it. Uh, and then you also have to be able to fend off, you know, the things that would cause you harm or try to cause harm, you know, try to take your body, so to speak. So those are the two of the main elements. Absolutely. Okay, and, and of course, our gut health, it kind of connects to everything, right? I mean, if you, yeah. it can affect your brain health. It can affect, your, like you said, your immune health, um, hormonal health, and then the liver. I mean, how do they connect? Because that's a huge, huge connection right there. Yeah, well, the liver is really important for detoxifying and for processing. Uh, to make some of these elements that we want uh, more available to the body. And it has to alter some of them so that it can be used. But also it has to detoxify that stuff. Like what 
there's there's a mucosal barrier that uh, basically you could look at like a mucus lining on the inside of the of the intestine, so to speak, and then that's enough that's going to protect you from the big. But then other things still get through, and uh, before nutrients and what have you are distributed around the body, they go to the liver. So there's what's called the hepatic portal system. So all of the uh, vessels that come off of the intestines to take food into the body, they actually uh, take it, run it through the liver first. And the liver gets to do all kinds of good things. And, um, you know, to, to purify and detoxify and process and, and what have you. So the liver is not really part of the digestive system, but it's more, you know, post-digestion detoxification for the most part. Right. And so it does a lot of different things. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the hormones because I want to clear something up for some people. Okay. You, you, you just hear it said in holistic health and natural health that the gut's everything. Everything begins in the gut. And I would just say that's not quite true. There's, there's things that would um, diminish the gut function, diminish your immunity and so on uh, before you even get to the gut. And so you probably heard this word before. It's called stress. Uh, stress. Yeah. Okay, really. Yeah. So when when stress, you be, you get out of balance, and stress can suppress that immune system uh, through what's called secretory IgA. It's an immune immunoglobulin. It's just just part of your defense mechanism, and it can be suppressed. And you don't really have a gut problem until you have enough stress that shuts that system down, and now you become very susceptible. So. You know, I've always said it's not always the gut. It's not always that you have a parasite or bacteria or fungus. You can have a lot of other things going on that are just um, diminishing the overall um, function of the gut. So, so it's really stress. Oh, I love that you said and that. And then the gut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, um, I, I personally work on my own gut health all the time. And mm-hmm. I never really had issues with my gut until I was diagnosed and had thyroid cancer and I was very stressed, very, um, Mm. you know, and then all of a sudden I started having chronic heartburn out of nowhere. Mm. So that is a perfect example of exactly what you're talking about. Oh, sure. And people get all kinds of symptoms uh, with digestion and even sort of deeper, they get heartburn, gas, indigestion, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, alternating diarrhea, constipation, and, and so on and so on. And usually something's been going on for a while before you would get those symptoms. There, there's some other kind of imbalance. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you could, if you want to, go all the way back out to how you sit and chew your food. You, mm-hmm. you sit down and allow the juice to flow. Do you, do you chew your food real thoroughly? Are your teeth in good shape? And are you... It's called mastication. Is you know, are you chewing your food and mixing it with an alkaline saliva that has the ability to start breaking down at least the carbohydrates? And then when it goes into the stomach, you've got acid and pepsin and more breaking down. And finally, it goes into the small intestines, which is what gets the blame a lot of the time. But I, I think people just don't take enough time to eat. Plus, oh. they eat a bunch of junk. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of things could go wrong, right? Yeah, I and. It's, you know, I'm glad that you said that because that's one thing I always say to my clients is 
Stop eating on the run. Stop eating in a stressed out state because when your body's stressed out, you're not going to be able to digest properly. Oh, yeah. I mean, just traditionally, mealtime was a, a different time than it is now. People just eat for convenience on the run. Like you say, I see them driving the street eating and things. And then they, you know, you're probably not going to have as good a digestion if if you would sit down for meals, so like we used to. Exactly. Back in the old days. Yes, yes. I remember that in the 70s myself, dinner time was family time. The TV wasn't on because we had no remote controls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. Okay, so... Go ahead. Um, I wanted to ask you because I hear this a lot from especially from women over 40 is um they seem to start having a lot of issues with their gut once they reach perimenopause like is there any real explanation for that why that happens well sure um again there's stress and stress affects the hormones it starts affecting cortisol and dhea two stress hormones basically one counter regulates the other one's one's very catabolic so when you have stress your body starts breaking down you get cortisol dominance most people do and then your dhea which is supposed to counteract cortisol you know one one breaks the body down cortisol one builds the body up one is catabolic one is anabolic Mm -hmm. so you have these two main hormones and uh they get out of balance you know, and as a um, health practitioner, balance is probably the key thing we go after in every system. Yes. In every system, whether it's hormones, or immune system, or digestion, or detoxification, you want balance and resiliency. That's what will protect you against the environment and all the bad things that are in it, you know, for the most part. And so, so you want balance in the hormones. And so when those stress hormones get out of balance, uh, that'll cause early menopause. You'll, you'll go into perimenopause instead of at 49, you'll go into it at 39. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it really is an accumulation of chronic stressors that have uh, created this imbalance in your your main um, corticosteroids, and, you know, the, the stress uh, hormones. And then they lead right into the sex hormones. So you have women whose periods get, they might get uh, longer in between or they might get shorter at first. They go down to about maybe three weeks, then, then all of a sudden it's five weeks, then eight weeks, and then pretty soon you're not having periods anymore. So what, what, something I've noticed is early menopause is really prevalent today, and, and, and early perimenopause especially, the, the trouble. Now, when you have those kind of things going on, again, as I said, you, you're throwing off the immune system, which is mostly in the gut, um, and it just works that way. So then you end up with dysbiosis. The good bacteria versus the bad bacteria, mm-hmm. and when you when, when you add into the mix the fact that people take antibiotics if they get a flu in the in the winter time or something, you know now you're just really throwing a monkey wrench into the gut, and instead of just a dysbiosis, you'll have a real bad dysbiosis, and that's when you end up with uh, parasites or serious bacteria or what they call small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Yes, I was going to uh, ask you about that. That can come from both ends, you know, not just what you eat that has germs on it, but the 
your body can't defend against, but you, you can even end up with um, sort of deficiencies in in systems that would prevent the um, bacteria from creeping up from the colon. But it's fine if it's in the colon, you're going to excrete that. But when it starts creeping up north, that's not a good thing. And then even bigger bugs, and then biofilms, and then so on and so on. And it can leave you... Um, when you're dysbiotic like that, you don't have enough. Remember I said it's about balance, the good to bad flora ratio. When that's off, you can get um, problems with your weight, problems with your skin, problems with your your peace of mind, you know, your point, point of view or, uh, um, you know, foggy thinking and all these kinds of things. Right, right. You probably heard of a few of those symptoms. I Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, now, you know, the one thing that I think people, so I found this really interesting the other day. I was on Instagram and I'm looking and there are some individuals who are promoting the use of proton pump inhibitors. So omeprazole and actually just people like everyday people advertising, oh yeah, you should try this. It gets rid of your heartburn. And so I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, if I didn't know a lot about holistic health, I'd be like, oh wow, yeah. Let me try that. So tell me about stomach acid and how absolutely critical it is for gut health. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a book written uh, decades ago by Jonathan Wright. He's the, one of the pioneers of functional alternative medicine. I guess he wrote a book called Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. I read it, Jonathan read. Wright. I read it. It's a short <laughs> book. Everyone should read it and understand that you need good, strong stomach acid. For one thing, you now you pretend for a minute that you sat down and maybe said a prayer and ate, uh, you know, sort of gracefully, <laughs> chewing <laughs> your food really well. Well, now it's in the small in the, in the stomach where you need this acid to purify it and to liquefy it. And there's some other um, elements that would help you start breaking down the protein. Proteins might be a little harder than the carbs, for instance, to, to break down. Right. And then once it all passes into the small intestine. You start breaking down the fat, you further break down the protein, the carbs, and so on. And, and these things work together, the, the, the pancreas and the gallbladder with its bile. And so there's kind of an orchestration ongoing. So I don't consider it just stomach acid, but that stomach acid is, a, is, is a, it's, does its job. It purifies your food, it liquefies your food. It also sends signals to the other digestive organs and parts. So the signal gets strong for the gallbladder to release bile. Especially if you have fat, if you eat fat, you're gonna get more bile. Right. The, the pancreas releases uh, uh, proteases and, and lipases that break down proteins and fat more. And then you have bacteria living in the small intestine that's actually its job is to help break down. Right. Uh, maybe especially the proteins. So not, and then you have your, your birth border enzymes and you have just, just again, it's a whole orchestration. So it's not just stomach acid, but that's a good place to start, perhaps. So anytime you inhibit, you know, something your body um, produces naturally for a reason, um, you are setting yourself up for, you know, some potential dysfunction. Now, the reason you take it is really symptoms, but the reason you have those symptoms isn't always just, you know, too much stomach acid. I, I'm not a, a proponent of that. 
Well, right, because, I mean, you can have symptoms of heartburn because of not enough stomach acid, which, um, you know, it confuses people, but it's it's a lot more complicated than that, than just, let's just take away all your acid, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I tell a person who's a hoarder, that they just need a bigger trailer for all their crap, you know, <laughs> instead of getting rid of some of your crap. Exactly, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, and then also, uh, read, it can also, if you do take, you know, uh, this is obviously not medical advice. You see your own medical practitioner for whatever advice you need. This is just educational purposes. I should have said that at the start. But, um, you know, we do know and we have learned that it can actually inhibit, you were talking about assimilation of nutrients without the proper amount of stomach acid it can inhibit that assimilation right and absorption well sure if you're not breaking down the food properly in the first place it just gets harder and harder um i mean there's some supposedly you could make up some ground once it's in the small intestine there there, uh, there's a last taste for instance from the pancreas it helps down, break down protein so does some of the bacteria there's there's bacterial breakdown of protein and there's some uh enzymes that come out of the uh the brush border the, the you know basically off the villi so, sort of and um but the absorption actually happens through villi or um basically that's the good good absorption will go through the villi now the little, those little fingers mm-hmm. you know, they have little tiny hairs on those fingers that produce some um materials that help you uh, break down and, and absorb but you have um, diffusion you know the, these villi if they're in good shape well you know you can pass through most of your uh, proteins and your and your uh, carbs and some of your small fats uh, larger fats actually go through into a different type of vessel called the lacteal they carry into the lymph system but the um, but for what's going over to the liver from those little fingers, the villi, you you need really good healthy villi, and they should be just just porous enough to absorb or you know this, this food actually diffuses through there uh, when it, if it's broken down properly. So you, you know there's there's a lot of places for error. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty delicate system. These people that think they have cast iron stomachs. This, it's what it's called, you know, they eat anything and it passes through. It doesn't mean they're getting well-nourished. Right, right. They, they just aren't having symptoms that it can attribute to, to gut. But they, they may be actually very unhealthy. Some people who eat trash yes. generally are made of trash. Yeah. Right, right. Um, now, just question, those villi, what can cause unhealthy villi since they're so important? Probably a bad diet, sure. right? <laughs> well, so, yeah, so, so many things. They're assaulted each day with toxins and uh, chemicals and sometimes drugs. And, um, you know, they can, uh, not to mention the, the sort of dysbiosis. What happens probably first is the little tiny hairs on the skull, and they're really microscopic. You can't see them without an electron microscope, but they're really tiny. And they help uh, even sort of they undulate and help food move through. And but they exude these um, mycelizing factors that help break, break down fats, and they exude enzymes that help break, break down the other macronutrients. And uh, and so when that first border is gone, um, 
you know, now the, the, the Falai themselves are going to be subject to the same kind of elements, um, and, and they can break that. You can end up with what's called villus atrophy. So the villi, villi can both be over-absorptive, they can be too porous because they're unhealthy, that it could have to do with circulation, and there's always the nervous system to consider. Uh-huh. There's just a lot of things, again, a lot of moving parts and metabolic processes. And there's the immune system uh, that uh, basically is secreted from these tissues just below, below the villi. And so it's really interesting how it all works together. Yeah. It, it truly is like you, you spend a lifetime just, and some people too, they just study digestion. And so we, we study it just to the degree that we know it's one of the pieces of the puzzle. Absolutely. You know, along with, again, immune system detoxification and the hormones for God's sakes. Right, right. Um, okay, so on to another question, because I have heard this time and again, um, where people will just say, oh, I'll just take a probiotic and everything will be perfectly fine. So can you, you know, give us a little bit of a rundown of... Well, I guess why probiotics are not the cure-all, end-all, be-all for gut health and what their benefit is, like why they are good, but then also sure. why they don't do everything for you. Well, certainly there certain people when they uh, start taking a, a probiotic do better and some people will notice no change and others people might actually get worse and may get some new symptom gas bloating might get worse mm-hmm. and so with with any one product you three things can happen feel better no change or feel worse right and it's not the product it's the person so everyone's different and so the, the microbiome which is this all the this living organisms in the, in the gut mostly um you know it's it's really interesting how complex that is and how individualized it is and so each person will find the correct balance if they work on it. And, you know, how you got out of balance is probably no surprise to anybody. I've, I've mentioned stress and the environment and all these different types of toxins and things. And so um, you, you can get out of balance real quickly, especially if you've taken antibiotics, uh, which we all have taken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you want to get this, uh, It's that's sort of like your garden, you know, you want to, want it to grow it's it's living there's in fact more um there's more you know of this um biota these, these living organisms that there are cells in your body mm-hmm. uh, i've heard, heard it described that way so there's there's billions of these organisms and they're they're supposed to be good for you and they're part of you know what makes you healthy but it can get out of balance and then you can have problems downstream right so people with persistent weight for instance, especially the belly fat and, and things like it's it, largely being attributed these days, partially at least, to to the, uh, the microbiome and other health issues connected to that, including the brain and and how you feel. Um, and and it's it's just quite remarkable. And the research isn't over with; it's not done. There's definitely so much more research to be done on probiotics. And next week, we're going to continue the discussion on probiotics, plus continue with part two of Gut Health with Reed Davis.
Join me next week where I cover off more exciting topics. I hope to continue to engage you and excite you and show you that living in your 40s, 50s and beyond can be exciting, balanced and healthful. Bye for now.